हरे कृष्णा वी आर सो फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव हर जय श्री माता जी राम ने वृंदावन एंड माता जी ऑन द टॉपिक श्रीमद भागवतम प्लीज टेक ऑल द कॉल माता जी हरे कृष्णा ओके मॉर्निंग एवरीवन हरे कृष्णा गोइस टू श्री गुरु गुरुंगा गोइस टू श्री प्रभुपा गोइस टू गोरा अनुरागा 
शौचाध्यान व्रत नियम वर्गुण लुषु नाप्यपुर्वाकर्मायुक्ता भाव्य मित्य सदाग्रह पशु पुत्र पुत्र Just think of how great the personalities who wrote these literatures must be. So the synonyms evam thus svaon tanuje in his son jadbarat atmani whom he considered to be himself anugra anuraga avisitaj chita the brahman who was absorbed in love for his son so cha cleanliness adhyayana study of vedic literature rata accepting all the vows niyama regulative principles guru of the spiritual master anala of the fire Susrusana Adi, the service, etc. Aupaku Vranaka of the Brahmachari Ashram, Karmani, all the activities, Anabaya Kutani Api, although not liked by his son. Samanus Sistitena, fully instructed, Avayam should be, Eti thus, Asta Agraha, having unsuitable obstinacy. Putram, his son, Anusasya, instructing, Swayam himself, Tadvat, in that way. Anadi Grata Manavrataha, not having fulfilled his desires. Kalena, by the influence of time. Aprimatena, which is not forgetful. Swayam, he himself, Grahi, to his home. Eva, certainly. Pramataha, being madly attached. Upasmitarat, died. <coughs> Translation. <coughs> the Brahmin father of Jad Bharat considered his son his heart and soul, and therefore he was very much attached to him. He thought it wise to educate his son properly, and being absorbed in his unsuccessful endeavor, He tried to teach his son the rules and regulations of Brahmachari, including the execution of the Vedic vows, cleanliness, study of the Vedas, the regulative methods, service to the spiritual master, and the method of offering a fire sacrifice. He tried his best to teach his son in this way, but all of his endeavors failed. In his heart, he hoped that his son would be a learned scholar, but all of his attempts were unsuccessful. Like everyone, this Brahmin was attached to his home, and he had forgotten that someday he would die. Death, however, was not forgetful. At the proper time, death appeared and took him away. So purport by Srila Prabhupada. Those too attached to family life who forget that death comes in the future to take them away, become attached and unable to finish their duty as human beings. The duty of human life is to solve all of the problems of life. 
but instead people remain attached to family affairs and duties. Although they forget death, death will not forget them. Suddenly they will be kicked off the platform of the peaceful family life. One may forget that he has to die, but death never forgets. Death comes always at the right time. The Brahmin father, Jad Bharat, wanted to teach his son the process of brahmacharya, but he was unsuccessful due to his son's unwillingness to undergo the process of Vedic advancement. Jad Bharat was simply concerned with returning back home back to Godhead by executing devotional service through Sravanam Kirtanam Vishnu. He did not care for the Vedic instructions of his father. When one is fully interested in the service of the Lord, he does not need to follow all the regulative principles enunciated in the Vedas. Of course, for an ordinary man, the Vedic principles are imperative. No one can avoid them. But when one has attained the perfection of devotional service, it is not very important to follow the Vedic principles. Lord Krishna advised Arjuna to ascend to the platform of Nistrayagunya, the transcendental position above the Vedic principles. The Vedas mainly deal with the subject of the three modes of material nature. Rise above these modes, Arjuna. Be transcendental to all of them. Be free from all dualities and from all anxieties for gain and safety, and be established in the self. That's Bhagavad Gita 2.45. So, Om Agana, actually, Nama Om, Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasaya Bhutale, Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini, Tinamani Namaste, Sarasvati Devi Gorbani Pachari Neni Visesa Sunyabadi, could everyone please mute? Thank you. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistyam Stapitam Yena Bhutale So I am Rupa Karanmayam Darati Svapadantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Jitaparakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Tam Savichivam Sadaitam Savadutam Parijana Saitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakanitam Scham He Krishna Kurna Sindudina Bandhu Jagatate Gobe Sagopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namustate Tapta Kanchanitangi Radhe Vrindavani Sri Vishavanustate Devi Pranamami Hare Priye Vanshakalpa Trivasha Kripa Sindhuveva Chapatitana Pavanebhya Vaishnavebhya Namonamaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Pavanechananda Sri Adoita Gadadhar Shiva Siddhi Gorbhakta Rinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So good morning everyone Sriman Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit of the Vedic literature. And it gives us so much direction in this time. And Srila Prabhupada so kindly came to the West and started on behalf of Lord Chaitanya this beautiful ISKCON, of which we are so fortunate to have an opportunity to take part in. So we see in this verse that Jadbarat's father was very attached to him. And why? Of course he's going to be attached to Jad because he was a great soul. And when personalities are advanced spiritually, they become very beautiful and attractive. So the father, was, out of his love for his son, was trying to teach him. But... But Judd was just very determined, right? He was very determined not to get involved 
again in material attachment. And we see throughout the Vedic literatures, Prabhupada's literatures, his purports, his teachings, he always puts the message that life is temporary. Our material attachments are not the goal of life. And that death and separation from all we are attached to is going to happen, and sometimes very unexpectedly. Right? Just recently here in New Vrindavan, one of our congregational development persons who was seemingly in very good health. We'd see him walking, he had a strong build, you know, nice devotee. He was in his 80s, but he was very, very active. And uh, he started feeling some pain in his chest. And one of our local residents happens to be a doctor. And he went to see him and he said, this is your heart. He called the ambulance and he went to the hospital. <clears throat> and he was there and they were doing their treatment and it looked like he was getting better. And then all of a sudden, the same day when they were going to discharge him, he went into a coma and he never came out. He it passed away just like that. You know, it's like death is certain, Prabhupada said. And that's what uh, Yudhishthir Maharaj, that was his conclusion, right? When he was asked by the Yaksha, what is the most amazing thing in this world? And Yudhishthir answered, the most amazing thing is that we see death around us all the time. Um, in my house, there's these little stink bugs. And somehow or other, I see them crawling, and then the next day, or that same afternoon, I see them on their back, and they're trying, they're moving their legs, and I know what's happening. They're dying. And then the next day, they're just this dried up shell. So... I try and move them to, I have a chanting machine, I try and move them to the chanting machine just to help them on their way. But uh, Yudhishthira's reply, we see death everywhere, but somehow or other we don't think it's going to happen to us. And in a way that's mercy because if we always thought we were going to die, if that was our constant thought, uh, we would always be in anxiety. But... Uh, so we want to keep it in the forefront that we know death is coming. So uh, the message isn't only spoken but also demonstrated by great souls who generally lived in a renounced order of life. Right? We see most of the teachers from the past and even Prabhupada's own example and Prabhupada talks about it throughout his purports all the time. Being attached to family life. Being attached to family life. If you remember when he had the dream of Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj telling him to take sannyas, he himself thought, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> he, wasn't, he didn't say, oh, great, I get to give up my family and leave everything. He said, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> right? Because it's a natural propensity, that we're attached to family and friends. But we see by the example, not only in our culture, but in the Christian culture, Lord Jesus was a renunciate. St. Francis of Assisi was a renunciate. So many of these great souls that we hear and learn from were renunciates. Why? Because it's very difficult to be in family life without being attached. But, and it's, you know, Bhaktivinoda Thakur gave us a wonderful example. Ten kids, right? Very, very responsible job. But if you look at his work day, you see that it was uh, amazing. You know, he was not spending all kinds of time with his family. He was a good father. Of course, he raised them. He was responsible. But it wasn't like he was spending half of his day with his family. Just not what happened. So we want to be thoughtful to 
learn by the example and the teachings of these great souls that you know family life is not all in all it's not what we're actually looking for it's a stepping stone but not not the end result of happiness for sure so Jad Bharat was a great king and he had renounced his whole kingdom and he was practicing devotional service and he was making substantial advancement but somehow or other by his neglect he became attached to a deer and he had to take birth again but fortunately he had the consciousness of his past life and so even in that deer life he did not hang out with the deer families he went where the sages were and he listened he spent his time he was determined that he wasn't going to go that way again so uh, he took his birth again in the human form and he had a wonderful father that loved him dearly but even though his father tried and Jad Bharat was a compassionate and caring person when he was in his human form of life he was determined not to make that same mistake so he feigned being ignorant he feigned being a fool so that he could concentrate on his spiritual quest he didn't want to waste any more time in mundane wranglings in, in mon this mundane life you know we, we really don't have much time in this body and we want to be making as much advancement as we can as, as along with being as responsible and caring and compassionate as we can so fortunately we, we're not in the situation of Jad Bharat we're not surrounded by materialistic people with nothing except our own thoughts and um, knowledge right he couldn't sit there and read books and go to discussions by great souls he had to meditate so but we're in a situation we have all kinds of wonderful opportunities tomorrow's Gorpurnima many of us will be at a temple or having a program in our home we'll be concentrating and dealing with the, the books that we have this morning I've already listened to two lectures on Gorpurnima one by Prabhupada and one by Radhanaswamy and I'm thinking wow what a great opportunity I have an iPad I turn it on and I have any number of wonderful opportunities to hear about Lord Chaitanya and his pastimes just at my fingertips I'm not in Ukraine I'm not having to leave my home and and possessions and run away to get away from a war we don't want to become lazy we don't want to become complacent in our spiritual activities as a matter of fact becoming enthusiastic is recommended so to to embrace the great opportunity that we have before us in the situation that we're in is only wise it's what we it's what we need to do and we're given the opportunity so we need to be as happy and enthusiastic as possible to to embrace this opportunity to become Krishna conscious with all of these spiritual amenities around us Prabhupada would say so to become very serious always and to cut down on our material entanglement right um, eating eat less sleep less don't waste time Prabhupada would say don't waste time well don't waste time and then he would say what is the difficulty so what is the difficulty I was just listening to class I was listening to Prabhupada was talking about Lord Chaitanya in the process of devotional service and he was saying what is the difficulty you know we have it easy we have it so easy okay so we've got this ache this pain this problem we'll go to the doctor for that we have a family problem we have our mind is going bonkers we have uh, 
bills and we don't have enough money to pay it, but really, what is the difficulty? We have it, we have it so easy. Radnath Maharaj, in his lecture, he was talking about this one young man, and I can't remember his name right now, but he was dying of cancer, and he was very young, and he had a new child and a wonderful wife. And this was many years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, but he went, when Maharaj went to see him, he was saying, I'm so fortunate. How has Krishna been so kind? Instead of complaining, oh, how has this happened to me? I'm so unfortunate. I, why is Krishna doing this to me? He, instead of being like that, he was, he was grateful. I was so fortunate. How is it that Krishna allowed someone like me to go to Mangalarti so much or to have this wonderful association of devotees or to have this wonderful opportunity? You know, we have, we have an opportunity to correct our way of thinking and uh, to learn from all these great souls that we have around us. Sure, we're not going to get along with everybody. Sure, there's going to be friction. Like it says in the Bhagavatam, just like the bamboo forest sometimes catches on fire just due to the wind rubbing the trees together. And so the wind of this age is rubbing our individual connections with uh, other devotees. And sometimes there's friction. A very, very good friend of mine the other day, I started to say something, and they were in a hurry, and they only heard part of what I was saying. And then they, they rushed off, thinking I was saying something that I wasn't. And for like two weeks, I tried to... You know, I text and email and send a voice message. Hey, you didn't understand what I was saying. What's and then whenever they see me, they would drive by and not look at me. It was like, wow. You know, and this is a good friend. And I thought, well, what can I do? They're determined to be agitated with something that they made a mistake about. What can I do? They won't let me correct it. So I just let it go. And I didn't as they say, cop an attitude myself. I just let it go and thought, well, hopefully they'll come back my way. And that's what happened. They did. They they connected with me, you know, trying to make it work without even talking about the situation, like kind of picking it up as if nothing had happened. So I had my choice. Either I could say, well, hey, what's up with you? Why are you treating me like that? You didn't understand why. Or I could just go along with it. So I, I just also acted as if nothing happened and things went on. So, you know, we always have our choice in how we react. So I wanted to talk about Lord Chaitanya a little bit. Tomorrow is the appearance day of Lord Chaitanya. And there's a beautiful verse in the Adi Leela. It's three and four. May the Supreme Lord, who is known as the son of Srimati Sachi Devi, be transcendentally situated in the innermost core of your heart. Resplendent with the radiance of molten gold, he has descended in this age of Kali by his causeless mercy to bestow what no incarnation has ever offered before, the most elevated mellow of devotional service, the mellow of conjugal love. And in that area of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's two different chapters. One is called The External Reason for the Appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that is where it, this is in the Adi Leela. And Prabhupada, in the purport, it's a small purport. This is a quotation from the Vidagya Madhava a drama compiled and edited by Sri Rupa Goswami. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And then, so we understand that Lord Chaitanya had his external reasons and his internal reasons for descending. So with all the great difficulties of this age, who would be able to do much? So Krishna out of his kindness for those who have kept on 
in this material world trying to lord it over and find happiness. He came out of his compassion to save them. So there's so much distraction. Radnath Maharaj calls it the, um, what is it, the weapons of mass distraction. That's what we're faced with. So here, this Chaitanya Charitamrita talks about why the Lord externally came down. So at the end of the Dopara Yuga, of the 28th Divya Yuga, Lord Krishna appears on the earth with the full paraphernalia of his eternal Dham. The next verse. Servitude, dasya, friendship, sakya, parental affection, vatsalya, and conjugal love, sringara, are the four transcendental mellows, or rasas, by the devotees who cherish these four mellows. Lord Krishna is subdued. Absorbed in his transcendental love, Lord Krishna enjoys in Vraj with his devoted servants, friends, and parents, and conjugal lovers. Lord Krishna enjoys his transcendental pastimes as long as he wishes, and then he disappears. After disappearing, however, he thinks, for a long time I have not bestowed my unalloyed loving service to me upon the inhabitants of the world. Without such love, loving attachment, the existence of the material world is useless. Everywhere in the world people worship me according to scriptural injunctions, but simply by following these regulator principles one cannot attain the loving sentiment of devotion, devotees in Prajabhumi. I shall personally inaugurate the religion of the age, Nama Sankirtan, the congregational chanting of the holy name. I shall make the world dance in ecstasy, realizing the four mellows of loving devotional service. I shall accept the role of a devotee, and I shall teach devotional service by practicing it myself. Unless one practices devotional service himself, he cannot teach it to others. This conclusion is indeed confirmed throughout the Gita and the Bhagavatam. These are all verses from this Adi Lila. My plenary portion can establish the principles of religion for such for each age, but no one but me can bestow this kind of loving service performed by the residents of Raj. There may be many all auspicious incarnations of the personality of Godhead. But who other than Lord Krishna can bestow love of Godhead upon the surrendered souls? So this, there is a purport to this one. This quotation, this is a quotation from the writings of Bhiva Mangala, found in the Lagdu Bhagavatamrita. So the next verse, Therefore, in the company of my devotees, I shall appear on the earth and perform various colorful pastimes. Thinking thus, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna himself, descended at Nadia early in the age of Kali. Thus, the lion-like Lord Chaitanya has appeared in Navadvip. He has the shoulders of a lion, the powers of a lion, and the loud voice of a lion. May that lion be seated in the core of the heart of every living being. Thus, with his resounding roar, may he drive away one's elephantine vices. So, these are in the beautiful Chaitanya Charitamrita. These are verses in the Adi Lila about the external reasons why the Lord appeared at this day and age as Lord Chaitanya. And in this way, it was his way to help and protect the spirituality of the living entities, right? Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, whenever and where there's a decline in religious practice, O descendant of Bharat and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. So what was Krishna to do? He decided to serve the fallen souls and give them a hand, right? These were some of his external reasons. So what were his internal reasons? What was he doing for himself? Why was he doing this? What was he doing for himself? 
So even in mundane dealings, we do things for external reasons, but we also do them for internal reasons. So the Lord had his internal reasons. And that's explained in the Adi Leela chapter 4, the confidential reasons for the appearance of Lord Chaitanya. So in this chapter... The epic Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das Kaviraj has stressed that the Lord appeared for three principal purposes of his own. The first purpose was to, re- to relish the position of Srimati Radharani, who is the prime reciprocator of transcendental love of Sri Krishna. Lord Krishna is a reservoir of transcendental loving transactions with Srimati Radharani. So the subject of those loving transactions is the Lord himself and Radharani is the object. Thus the subject, the Lord, wanted to relish the loving mellow of the position of the object, Radharani. These are some of his internal reasons. The second internal reason for his appearance was to understand the transcendental mellow of himself. Lord Krishna is all sweetness. Radharani's attraction to Krishna is sublime. And to experience that attraction and understand the transcendental sweetness of himself, he accepted the mentality of Radharani. The third reason that Lord Chaitanya appeared was to enjoy the bliss tasted by Radharani. The Lord thought that undoubtedly Radharani enjoyed his company and he enjoyed the company of Radharani, but the exchange of transcendental mellow between the spiritual couple was more pleasing to Radharani than to Krishna. <laughs> Radharani felt more transcendental pleasure in, in the company of Krishna than he could understand without taking her position. But for Sri Krishna to enjoy the position of Srimati Radharani was impossible because that position was completely foreign to him. So Krishna... It, it, the transcendental male and Radharani is the transcendental female. Therefore, to know the transcendental pleasure of loving Krishna, Lord Krishna himself appeared as Lord Chaitanya, accepting the emotions and the bodily luster of Radharani. So, Lord Chaitanya appeared to fulfill these confidential desires and also to preach the special significance of chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And to answer the call of Adoita Prabhu. These were secondary reasons. So, a few of the verses in the fourth chapter of the Adi Leela. Lord Chaitanya appeared with the sentiment of Radha. He preached the Dharma of the age and chanting of the holy names, and pure love of God. In the mood of Radharani, he also fulfilled his own desires. This is the principal reason for his appearance. Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya is Krishna, Rajendra Kumar, the embodiment of Rasa. He is amorous love personified. He made his appearance to taste that conjugal mellow and incidentally to broadcast all the rasas. My dear friend, just see how Krishna is enjoying the season of spring with the gopis embracing each of his limbs. He is like the amorous love personified. With his transcendental pastimes, he enlivens all of the gopis and the entire creation. With his soft bluish-black arms and legs, which resemble the blue lotus flower, he has created a festival for Cupid. Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya is the abode of Rasa. He himself tasted the sweetness of Rasa in endless ways. Thus he was initiate thus he initiated the Dharma for the age of Kali. The devotees of Lord Chaitanya know all of these truths. So this is the beautiful understanding of how and why the Lord appeared only 500 years ago with the beautiful mellows of love. He himself was the example 
and his teachings were there to pick up people like us, people who have continued taking birth. Here we are. Little babies, all grown up, trying to live in this Kali Yuga. But somehow or other, you've attracted the compassion of the Lord. Somehow or other, the Lord, by his causeless compassion and mercy, has sent Srila Prabhupada to carry on this beautiful mission. Right? Lord Chaitanya, he descended and and then he left and he left behind him the incarnation in the, the form of the holy name. Right? ISKCON is all about the holy name. There's the uh, Kirtan Mela going on in Mayapur right now. We have one coming up in New Vrindavan. And they'll be all over the world. What do we do? We're the Hare Krishna people. Right? We chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> this is what our predecessors taught. This is what Prabhupada emphasized. This is what Lord Chaitanya said. I'm such a fool. I can't understand all this Vedanta. But my spiritual master told me to to chant. And I've become a madman, basically, <laughs> because of this chanting. So he also inspired so many servants after his appearance. Right? Nartam Das or Bhakti Vinodak or Gorkishar Das Babaji, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. Look at, I mean, there is so much direction and so much knowledge and so much opportunity for us. We couldn't touch all of it in a lifetime. If we spent all day doing nothing else, we wouldn't be able to read and touch all of the great merciful teachings by all of these great souls. How is it possible? So, we know devotional service has different opportunities. Hearing, chanting, remembering, worshiping, serving. So many processes of devotional service. So, in our individual capacity, we embrace what we can. If all we can do is eat prashadam, then we need to learn to do it in the most sincere, meditative way. One day I was in the prashadam room and I was eating some maha and Malati came in. She said, you know that Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj would bow down and circumambulate any maha prashadam before taking it. It's like, wow. It's, it's the consciousness that we're trying to develop. We're trying to develop Krishna consciousness. It's not a matter, and as Yugala Kishore, my Radhanaswami disciple friend, would say, I'm preaching to myself. It's not how much we can do. It's not running from one project to the next. Okay, I can do this, and then I can do that, and I can do this. And You know, it's like, it's more how we do it, with the consciousness that we do it. You really never saw Prabhupada running here and there. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing or hearing that Prabhupada was rushing off to this and rushing off to that. And then, you know, he was very thoughtful in his activities. When he took prasadam, he took it alone. He didn't hurry. He was eating and relishing and meditating on Krishna. When Prabhupada gave class, he didn't give like a two-hour class. and It was just but so potent. Prabhupada was such a potent preacher. Look what he did. Who can compare with what Prabhupada did? Hopefully, hopefully the Lord is sending more and more such representatives. What Prabhupada said, his books would be the law books for the next 10,000 years. That's what I've always heard. I, and 
we need to be able to back up what we say by Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. So we have to be careful about what we say and how we answer things. Um, this came up the other day in a class. So Srila Prabhupada, he started out really simply, right? Prabhupada was like Jad Bharat. He came with nothing. He had his his personal books. He had his books to sell or distribute. He had a plan. But he didn't come with everything set up, followers, temple, money. He just came on a mission of his spiritual master because he was told to do this. And then from there, he just preached chanted and things started to grow it was his faith and faith in his mission and faith in the holy name he said I had implicit faith in the holy name and we didn't have we didn't have all of this fanfare that we have now. We had pictures. Our altar had a picture of Gorni Thai. Right? That was our that was how ISKCON was back in the day. We had no money, no saris, no books, no deities. But we had Prabhupada and we had the mission of Prabhupada and Lord Chaitanya. And that mission was and is very powerful. So we shouldn't ever think, oh, I'm so unfortunate, I don't have this or I don't have that, or if only I had that, then I could do it right, or only had this. It doesn't really work like that. We make the best use of a bad bargain. If we're in a family that's not Krishna conscious, we make the best use of that facility. If we're in a family that has no money or we're in a situation where we don't have much money, you know, we can afford a picture of Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda and some incense. We can pick flowers on the roadside. It's simple. We don't need to make it complicated. And if we make it complicated, then we think that either someone else is lacking because they're not doing it to the standard we think it should be done or and we can fight, find fault with them or with ourselves I remember a couple of years ago it was actually quite a number of years ago Krishna Kshetra Prabhu who is now Krishna Kshetra Maharaj was the deity minister and he came to New Vrindavan and I was the head pujari and I was a little embarrassed because there was all these new mantras and tantras and hand movements and mudras. And, and I said, I don't know any of these things. I mean, and I was the head pujari. <laughs> um, I said, I, am I supposed to learn all this? I said, that's because I was the first head pujari in Hawaii when we first installed the Panchatattva. And... Uh, you know, we didn't know anything. We didn't know how to do Achman. We washed, you know, we washed our hands with the water. And but he said, he said, actually, it comes down to the sincerity of the offering. So, I mean, it's nice to make everything as beautiful and fine, and definitely, otherwise, we wouldn't have the information, uh, the Archana Padhati. It's it's important. It's not it's not the bottom line, but it's a wonderful way to make things better, to learn how to cook bona fide recipes, not just hodgepodge, throw it together and call it call it an offering. In the summertime there was someone who came here and they were allowed to do the deity offering. And I was horrified when I went in and saw the offering that was had been offered. It was dry. The chapatis were like rocks. They were burnt. It was like, who allowed this person to do the offering? 
And the more I looked into it, I mean, I knew I was right on one level. It's like, how? How is someone allowed to cook something that they would not serve to their own spiritual master or to anybody really? And uh, then, then the person who cooked it came in and they were so happy and, you know, I, I, I didn't really say much, but... And then I realized that this person was just so sincere that Krishna probably did accept their offering. Although I was thinking, wow, this is just not acceptable. It's offensive. And on one level it is. And, but on another level, we're not the one to call, you know, make make the call on that. Krishna is, is there and he's accepting the service. But Prabhupada would also say things were not acceptable. I talked to Malati about it. She said, yes, yeah, sometimes Prabhupada would say, Krishna did not accept this burnt milk or, you know, that type of thing, just so that we can learn how to actually do it nicely. So I wanted to tell a little story about the deities, the Thai, and how they came to ISKCON. So many years ago in Hawaii, as the temple started to grow and we started to get more mature, Govindadasi, her grace, connected with Srila Prabhupada about making Gornitai deities. And Prabhupada directed her what he wanted, how, how tall, how, what size, all kinds of things. So she went off to the University of Hawaii because by then we were living just a few blocks. Although we had been out in the country, we had moved into town by the university. So she went to the university and went to the sculpture shop and she found this young man, and I can't remember what his name was, but he started coming and helping her. You know, he was just like a karmi kid, a hippie kind of kid going to the university, but he was a sculptor. So he came and he started helping her with the carving, how to do the clay. And Govindadasi was a great preacher. Somehow or other, after time, this young man became initiated, and his name became Brishni. And um, they worked on carving out of clay, Gorni Tai, about three feet tall, and as in keeping with the simplicity of the beginning of ISKCON, we, they made a mold, and we started to make deities of Gorni Tai. And what were they made out of? They weren't made out of gold and seven metals gathered from this place and that place with, you know, they weren't done in a proper way, you might say. They were made out of newspaper. We had a blender and we got newspaper, just regular old newspaper, soaked it in water and blended it in a blender, um, I think with some kind of glue or something. And we pressed the newspaper into the molds. We strained the water off and pressed this gooey mush into the molds. And when they dried, they popped out the two sides of the mold, glued them together, uh, you know, smoothed them out and fixed any rough edges, uh, sanded them, painted them, and those were the Gorni ties that appeared in ISKCON. And Prabhupada had Govindadasi make the Panchatattva for Hawaii. And those Panchatattva deities were made all out of paper mache. And then he had Govindadasi make Gornitai. And they were sent to, I don't know how many temples they were sent to, maybe eight temples. But those were the original Gornitai deities that were in ISKCON. And we have Gornitai deities here in New Vrindavan. 
and they look like very similar to the ones that uh, we made. But I, I did ask a class the other day, and I was told that the they did have the Gourney tie that we sent originally, and then something happened to them, and uh, they were replaced with the present Gourney tie, which are not metal, by the way, nor, nor are they marble. Um, Anyway, so that is how Lord Chaitanya appeared in ISKCON. In keeping with the simplicity of, of the great devotees in our movement, we want to remember that the Goswamis, when they went to Vrindavan, they had nothing. The Lord wanted them to excavate the holy places of pilgrimage. And they, they knew that they had the mission to find the lost deities that were made after Krishna appeared. And somehow or other, by those searchings of the different great souls, they found uh, Govindaji, uh, you know, the different deities. So here is Rupa Goswami. And he finally finds Govindaji. And Govindaji is not a small deity. He's, he's a substantial deity. But what did Rupa Goswami do? He just made a little tiny temple for him out of grass and thatch and mud and clay. And, and he was very content to keep this magnificent... Um, icon of a deity in a very simple way. And then a little little bigger temple was made. But but when I think is Jai Singh? No, I I'm not sure. I can't remember when when the the person who actually paid for and built the magnificent Govindaji temple that I believe was seven stories, just a work of art that could not be done nowadays, I doubt. You know, the Mughal king was his friend. He had conquered on behalf of the Mughal king. The Mughal king agreed to pay um, substantially from his treasury and had it made of sandstone and just with such opulence. And and, and he went to Rupa Goswami and said, Oh, I have, I'm going to build this big temple for your deity. And Rupa Goswami, what was his reply? No, that's okay. It's not necessary. Govind is happy by the, with the nature. He didn't want it. Why? He didn't want it because he didn't think it was necessary. He said the deity's happy living in the forest with his simple life. But then he was convinced that uh, more people would become Krishna conscious, be able to take advantage the you know, and it would help so many more people. So Rupa Goswami agreed. And my point is, sometimes as they say, less is more. We're not going to buy our way to devotional service. Oh, I've got this much money. Okay, I'll give this much to Krishna and buy our way or, or any, anything like that. It's our sincerity and our love. And we have to remember that. Because we're dealing with Lord Chaitanya, who appeared in a very simple way, in a simple village, with simple parents. Mother Sachi, after the, her husband passed away, was not a wealthy lady living in an aristocratic situation. And then he took sannyas and left everything. And traveled with no one sometimes through the forest. You know, it's the example that we need and the direction of our spiritual masters. And I'm not saying that, that we don't want to build temples and stuff. Of course we do. That's part of our mission too. But it's not, it's not the most important part. Okay, so it's 8.21 by my clock. And I think I have gone on long enough. I hope I haven't put everyone to sleep. 
And if anyone has any questions or comments or concerns. There's only a few of us here, so that's nice in its own way. <laughs> Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you so much for such a wonderful class and on the evening of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Purpurna festival coming up. So, and you explain about the God Nithyaditis of Nirvindavan. That was so beautiful. Thank you. I don't have any question, but I will wait for anyone who have any question or comment. Hare Krishna. All right. It's a simple class. Hare Krishna. 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 Uh, saw uh, uh, with his Kantali years, in his Kantali years, it was, uh, and your direct account of uh, uh, your inter- uh, your interaction with Prabhupada, it is so inspiring uh, to us uh, to, to hear from your uh, lot of small mothers. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you for tolerating me. All right, well... well All right, well, everyone, have a wonderful day, and I uh, have a... Krishna Mataji, do you have some time? Yeah, to, a little bit, a little yeah, bit, to, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah more about the uh, Nivrindavan deities of Jaya you can explain a little bit more. Um, I actually wasn't here at the time. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but it was said to me how those deities came, but I can't remember right now. Um, but I know that they're not marble, and I know they're not uh, brass, but I can't remember. They're wooden, right? Wooden. I think maybe they're neem wood or something. Yeah, I, I know yeah. one time we um, needed to repaint them, so... Uh, they were actually painted with car paint, with a out with a spray. You know how they paint cars. <laughs> it was done with mm. a very heavy-duty car paint. Oh, nice, nice. So I heard that um, uh, the Baltimore deities were brought for Nivrindavan, but nobody was there to pick up so at the Baltimore Harbor. So. The Baltimore Temple people and devotees, they gave, they went and they picked up the deities and they stayed there. That's how I heard. Oh. Well, that would be yeah. someone who was here at the time that would probably know more details. I wasn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't come until 83. Hmm. I was in Detroit and Hawaii. Right, right, Hawaii, yeah. Hawaii was wonderful. Prabhupada named it Nunavadweep because we had the Panchatatra and Hawaii is a very beautiful place. And the people are very beautiful. And what would happen was devotees would come and they would fall down because it's just so beautiful and the atmosphere is so nice and uh, they would fall down. So Prabhupada wanted there not to be any offenses. So he never installed Radha Krishna in Hawaii. He just installed the Panchatattva because that he said you couldn't make offenses to them. And uh, those are still the main deities. Later, um, later, later Jagannath came and... Um, there's a small gorni tie there. But yeah, Radha Krishna worship was never never installed installed there. The original Panchatattva started getting uh, falling apart some years later. And so the ones that are there now are totally different than the ones that we made. The ones that we made are very simple. The ones that are there now are 
are carved and beautiful and, you know, slender fingers. But the, the original ones were taken out into the ocean and, uh, you know, sunk, kind of, basically. Uh, that's what we were told to do. And I, I think Prabhupada was still here at the time. I'm not sure. We're having a 50th reunion in Hawaii in May. So, oh, uh, Eddie Bull. Should be fun. That would be fun and awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love Hawaii. If I didn't love New Vrindavan, I would definitely be back in Hawaii. <laughs> Probably actually, I could stay in Hawaii if I wanted. Mm. But I left and came to New Vrindavan. New Vrindavan captured me. <laughs> yeah, New Vrindavan is the place to capture okay. me. Right. Everyone yeah. have a... That's Wonderful day. Have a wonderful Gorpanima. And we'll see you in a few weeks or connect with you in a few weeks. Yes, yes, Mataji. So let's nobody has any question. We can is there anybody has any question? Okay, let's send up the call here. Patitanam Pavanibyo Vaishnavibyo Namunamaha Ananta Koti Vaishnavindaki Jaya Japrabhadaki Jaya Jaya Shri Matajiki Jaya Thank you so much Matajiki Hare Krishna Thank you Shambhu